0: All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I have a great guest. His name's Christopher McMahon. How's everything going?
1: Everything is going well. I am very excited to be here chatting with you, Thomas. I think I think the things that your charity does and in hopes of raising money uh, for children's diabetes, I, I, I just, I don't know, it's just exciting to me and I think it's fantastic that you're able to do that and yeah, I'm just I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, it's awesome. A great day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually connect met, connected with you with one of the one of the people at my uh, one of the people I know at my gym. So he's like, hey, have you ever heard of this guy? And he sent me your Instagram page, and I was like, no. Well, and this guy has a uh, insulin pump in his pocket, so. You know, it's like oh another diabetic that's into fitness, cool so that's that's how I linked up with you and, and met up with you so and I, I was great I'm grateful that he actually showed me your Instagram page because your way of training is completely different from what I typically do, and that's why I wanted to interview you and kind of get like you know just pick your brain up a little bit and how the way you train compared to like other people but I, the first the first question I want to talk about is uh when did you, when did you become a diabetic?
1: Yeah, so I've been diabetic for a little over twenty years now. I was diagnosed when I was ten years old, so that was uh, two thousand. So, in, I think it's actually my diabiversary, is what some people call it. I think was in uh, either either May or June of two thousand. Yep. And you know, at the, that entire year, I was I was sick all the time. Yep. My parents had no idea what was going on. I had this horrible stomach ache. And in the beginning, the stomach ache was kind of me just, I, I it was small and I just kind of wanted to get out of going to school, Yeah. but then over time it got worse and worse and I was like, oh no, like this is an actual thing now, what is it? And I remember having to go get CAT scans on my on my stomach and, and going through the whole thing and they just had no, they thought it was an ulcer or something of that nature. And I can remember being in the doctor's office, the pediatrician's office and them going to send me home again and my my father uh went to the doctor why don't you test him for for diabetes and the pediatrician at the time was like no he has like you he's a perfectly healthy like 10 year old we're not going to do that and my my dad has like a family history of it my it's on my mom's side but i happen to be adopted so it's like really like oh, had no idea yeah if it ran my family like the paperwork said like i had no history of any of these things so my dad was just like just do it and they they did it and I can remember it was the last time I had a huge, like, sugar filled meal. They were like, go eat whatever you want. It was like, it was like your last, it was like your last rights meal as like, yeah. as like a, someone without diabetes. And I can remember I ate like pancakes and a waffle covered in like maple syrup and like had like an omelet. I had like, cause I was also like a 10 year old boy, just like who apparently as, we get to be that age. We're just like ravenous dump trucks. Yeah. yeah. I have a, I have a seven month old son right now and I can only imagine what's going to be cause he just seems to have a bottomless pit yeah. uh, at this moment in time. So I, I did that and it came back and I had, I had diabetes and I, I went to the hospital right away and I was very lucky because I was still in the honeymoon phase. So my pancreas was still producing a little bit of insulin. So I was able to get away with eating whatever I wanted, mm-hmm. which made it which made it a little bit easier but also harder at the same time because then it was like, but I'm fine if I have X or Y. I don't need as much insulin as someone else. And that was the real battle, especially as I went through my teenage years. It was like, you know, I want to eat what I want, when I want. I don't want to wake up at the crack of dawn to give myself insulin. And that's when they put me on an insulin pump. As soon as, like, the technology was a little bit better, I went on a Medtronic pump. Um, and I was finally able to like sleep in and give myself insulin and still have to count carbs and do all that. And like to be there to where at now basically like my phone tells me everything and like I can calculate everything in apps. And like it's just, if I was to tell my 10-year-old self that I'd basically be like a robot, like I'd be so down <laughs> for it. Like yeah. it's a completely different experience now.
0: Yeah. So when you had that – it was kind of like – so in high school, it was kind of like a burnout phase for you where you're like, you know I don't want to – You know, follow the rules. Obviously, being a teenager, you're just like, you don't want to listen to anybody. But, you know, how did you actually snap out of, like, you know, that burnout phase to, like, you know, realize, like, hey, I really need to take this seriously?
1: That's a great question. So I I, I am – I, the term I like to use, or that has been used by some people, I don't really use it anymore, but is I was a skinny fat kid, I was yep. able to eat, I, I just had a super fast metabolism and could eat whatever I wanted at any time. And when I started college, I weighed, I was five, five foot ten, same height I am now, and I weighed 118 pounds. So I was just a super skinny kid, super lanky, could eat whatever I want, but the moment that it kind of snapped back for me was one of two things. Number one, my mom was uh, diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm -hmm. So I watched this very vivacious, healthy woman suddenly have her body, like, riddled with cancer. And at 18, I was graduating. I was about to head off to college, and I had to watch – I got to watch all this happen. Not even had. I got to watch and witness it, take it in, and make a decision for myself. Like, can I put whatever I want in my body and not fear the repercussions, or – Can I try a salad? Can I try actually counting my carbs a little more diligently? Mm -hmm. Can I use this awesome piece of technology that I have on my hip to its full potential? Can I actually use the internet and do a little research about some of the studies that are coming out, some of the science that's coming out? Like, can I do my due diligence? And the answer to that was yes. And then to fold in, the next phase was I was in school at the time uh, for a music musical theater and we were doing a production of this show and I was very fortunate to be cast in it and I had to play a a prisoner in South America and the exact words from the director were you have to go to the gym and exercise you cannot look malnourished and weak like you can't you can't so I remember taking that advice calling up my buddy who was going to school for exercise physiology at Mm -hmm. the time and I was like can you train me? And he's like, I've never trained anyone before, but sure. Come over. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I went from like never touching a weight, never stepping foot in the gym to being cast in this part and then realized, all right, I got to go. And it went from never lifting to working out five to six days a week from never counting calories to eating about 3 to 4000 calories a day yep. and by the end of the summer I had put on about 40 to 45 pounds Damn. of muscle. Yeah. And it was it, the only reason why it, it happened so fast was because I literally went from being like a beanpole to just finally eating yep. and eating like relatively well. I think I refined it over time. <laughs> I, you know, I don't I don't have as much loading and, and indigestion these days because I'm more aware of what my body needs in this time. But at that phase of my life, it was just, wow, you can actually do this. Yeah. Okay. It's possible. It's possible. You just have to actually dial it in and pay a little attention and have accountability. That was, a, that was the other thing. Awesome. And I haven't looked back since it's really been, you know, a blessing yeah. to have all of those things.
0: Very cool. Now, did that kind of like pave the way of you like wanting to getting to personal training or how did that work?
1: Totally. So actually I had that same, that same guy my buddy, Tim, Tim, if you're listening, hello. (laughs) Um, but he, he had graduated college early and was crashing on my couch as I was finishing up my last semester at NYU. Mm -hmm. And he was working at this gym. He was working at, um, this gym called Equinox. And he, he was like, Hey, you know, when you graduate, you, you like health and fitness, you know, you do it. It's something you enjoy. Why not come work here? Why not? I can get you an interview. And I remember thinking like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I basically do what's in like men's health and fitness. Yep, like, yep. I, Why would I tell someone what to do? I don't know it. But then I also had the conversation. I was graduating with my degree with the master's, uh, with the bachelor's of music. And I was like, I don't want to wait tables while I'm auditioning. Like I, that's the one thing I don't want to have to work. All hours standing up and be burnt out, like and not be able to do anything. So, all right, I'll just go. Yeah. I'll make my own schedule. That yeah. that was the big goal was to be able to make my own schedule, schedule my clients so I can go audition in the morning, work at night. So, I I interviewed, I got the job, and like the rest is history. It, I was very fortunate to work at uh, one of their clubs that was a flagship club, and basically what that means is they had. Uh, what's now called Tier X, which is like their most advanced trainers who have had the most experience, and literally, the company at the time, um, different times now, but at the time they would pour hundreds of thousands of dollars into educating these top top yeah. trainers. Yep. And I was fortunate that my club happened to have the top trainers, like they had the top of the top, mm. and for some reason. I was not afraid to ask questions. I was not af- afraid to be told I was wrong. I was not afraid to bug people and want to learn. Um, and for some reason, one of the trainers there was like, sure, I'll take you under my wing. I'll, I'll teach you a little bit, Like, but you have to put in the work. Yeah. And you have to come back to me with questions. Mm-hmm. And that was really the beginning of like this passion for training people and helping people. But not only uh, getting to s- them to see physical results, but... The mental and emotional side, that's what I found that I really – that's what really lights a fire for me
0: mm-hmm. now. Oh, I agree. Yeah, totally yeah, that, agree. That,
1: that's really what it is now, like the the seeing the small progress and understanding that, oh, OK, I took the stairs today instead of taking the escalator or instead of taking the elevator. Like I'm going to celebrate that as if I just PR'd. Yep. Like that's, that's really what it is because – you celebrate all those things. You have gratitude for those small things every single day. Then you are like – you're on cloud nine every single day.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally Like the totally market, of it,
1: the, the, small, the small stuff, like it's beautiful. It's there for a reason yep. and that's that's like the – that's the thing. I think that's the thing that we miss so much and I don't know if you have an experience with that but with your diabetes, it's like great. I have this whole plan. I have my workout stacked. I know what I'm going to do today. I know that I have some – some Olympic lifting that I need to get done because I'm working on X, Y, or Z. Oh, the blood sugar's low. low. Oh, yep. My blood sugar is like 300. I can't do this right now. Yep. But it's like, no, what can I get done? Like in this time I'm sitting in and, and hanging out. Is it like, can I reprogram myself for the day? Can I, can I read a couple pages in this book that I've been dying to read? Can I sit and meditate? Can I realign myself so then I can step up to the bar and I can just that's going right up it's going up i saw you on instagram those overhead squats like
0: i that took a long time coming like i've been so i've been doing crossfit for geez like seven years and the funny thing is is like i never did like i would do the 300 workout because i got it from men's health magazine like you were talking before like you know i get my workouts there and then i found this thing about crossfit and i was like oh okay i kind of bashed a little little bit and then like when I was in the Air Force, they actually had a, a CrossFit gym at the Air Force base I was doing my training in. And I was like, all right, I'll try it out. And they're like, usually there's like a two-week on-ramp program. And then the guys look at me, they're like, yeah, I think you'd be I, you'd be all set. You don't need to go out the on-ramp program at all. So I just did, started doing CrossFit from there and like learning how to do it. And like all the weights that I'm doing, doing now, that's from like years and multiple, multiple times doing it and practicing it. So it yeah, it's... I mean I I'm surprised I actually lift the weights that I do right now is like an, at an age of 41 so
1: Yeah yeah I think I think you said you said something really cool uh to me which was like you, you're now doing crossfit you've been practicing it you've been working on it refining it kind of chiseling away at it but in the beginning you were like yeah I'm kind of gonna bash this a little bit Yeah. I didn't understand it and I think isn't it super powerful when you're able to look at something that you don't really understand and then step away and see, oh, there is like a benefit there? Yeah. Or to say, or to say like, oh, you know, I don't really understand why someone's doing it. But you know what's really rad is that they're doing it. Like yeah. They're showing up. Like, I, I have no. I When I first started in this industry, it was really easy to look at, like, look at the person on the power plate for like 35 minutes and be like, you're wasting your time. Why are you doing that? Mm hmm. And now it's like, whoa, they were able to show up, step on that power plate, bang out squats, bang out glute bridges, whatever they're doing on that power plate while it's vibrating. And like I may not understand why they're doing it, but I can't write someone else's story. Yep. Like they write their own story and that's what's so unique and so cool about it. Yeah. And that inspires me to talk to someone and be like, why are you doing that?
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I never
1: thought of it that way cool let me let me reassess why I'm doing something let's look at it through that lens yeah so I think that's so I think that's awesome
0: yeah so another reason why I wanted to get you on the podcast is because your your style of training is a little different compared to you know the typical global gym or like CrossFit box and it's more like I don't know it's is it like Functional movement or like I don't know what you call it or what it's called But like what is your style of training and how is it different compared to like what you see at the typical global gym?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I I used to think it was functional training and I love that I love that term because it can kind of be a blanket statement. Yeah, the way I look at it It's basically I move so that I can move. Yeah I, I, I train the way I train is so that I can go do the things I need to be able to do every day Um this great company, um, that I've done a lot of things with and that I am like one of their lead trainers in the, in the country is GMB. And their, their whole thing is physical autonomy, being able to wake up every morning and know mm-hmm. exactly what you need to do to be able to go get things done. Yeah, And that's, that's really how I train. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing is, is I can take someone who is doing, uh, doing a WAD and I can look at them. I can assess them right now, based off, like I could assess your overhead squat watching you do it. And I know exactly what you need to be able to just do it with a little more ease. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to overhead squat that much weight. I know how to program it, but me personally, I can't do it, Yeah, but I can understand like, all right, they need T-spine mobility. What are some movements that we can sneak into their prep work, the work that they do to prepare their body that's instantly going to allow them to have that overhead capability. Yeah, Like that's how I look at it. I have to look at like, what is your goal why are you showing up every single day and then i can program around that whether it be body weight movements whether it be some mobility movements whether it be yoga restorative movements whether it be just like getting you ridiculously strong maybe we need to maybe we need to work on your overhead mobility and then maybe we need to work on being able to do some freakishly strong turkish get-ups so then you have the shoulders stability in all planes of motion so then when that bar you have two arms that are lifting the weight over your head you're like oh that's so much easier now yeah like you know (laughs) yeah so like that's how that's how I like to program things and look at things it's like why are you doing it and then how is this going to help you get there so I've kind of dabbled in all things but really my primary thing is body weight movement personally for me yeah that's what my body responds to best and then I also use kettlebells and i also use um other modalities like the viper which is which is really cool. You might see me on instagram throwing around this rubber cylinder.
0: Yeah, that's that I was going like, to ask you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. was wondering what that was.
1: Yeah, so viper is is really cool. It is stands for vitality, performance, reconditioning, all of these great things that recovery like all these things we need. Basically this guy Michelle Dalcourt, he he went to gift which is uh Gary Gray's Institute of Functional mm-hmm. Training, basically. He He's the grandfather of it all. He, yeah. He's the guy who creates all that stuff. But So he he went there, he looked at people moving, and he was like, how can I get someone ridiculously strong? And how can I have them move better in their body? And it started by looking at ice skaters. He he was working a lot with ice skaters, and he saw these guys who would train in the off season. They would go to the gym and they would do their compound lifts. They would do their five by fives. They would do everything to get ridiculously strong. However, they were being beat to the puck and they were being manhandled by these tall, lank, lanky guys who spent the entire off season working on the farm, yeah. just moving, moving bales of hay, hurdling whatever they're doing. Just basically, that is what they were working on. And he's like, "Oh, how do we take that functional movement?" and put it into training and so they created the viper basically it's like we can move in odd positions our body's meant to lift to shift to shift with a shift and a lift to be able to do all these different things and the viper is just another way to do it it's just you could do the same thing with dumbbells you really could it just you then have you don't have two points of contact you have one point that's on each side, and it becomes that much more challenging. Yeah. So I really love that tool, especially for reconditioning okay. and flushing the tissue and getting that that liquid and fluid back to those areas that are kind of drained. Mm-hmm. It's all about training the fascia. Yeah. Which is which is the important thing.
0: So is it can you could you like like if you don't have it at a typical gym, could you use kind of like that half Bosu ball with like a little platform and kind of use that as the same thing as a viper? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. I I totally, you could do stuff like that, or you could take the, the way I like to teach it is you can have someone just do it with their body weight. So some of the motions you see, if I have someone in a, I know this is not a visual medium, but (laughs) if you were to be in, if you were to be in a tall kneeling position, so a tall kneeling position is just both knees are on the ground and they are bent. Your back feet are flexed, so your toes are flexed on the floor. So you're standing up tall, and you were to tuck your hips up towards the sky, and then you were to lean back as if you were in a camel pose. Okay. That's a restorative position. Okay. That that's a position that we can do to stretch the whole front line of the body. So if I was to do that after doing some, some some deadlifts, I'm going to be opening up the front of my body, which is is going to feel feel nice. Yeah. If I wanted to do that with a viper, I might have it to the right of my body and I might lean back. So there's some extra load there. So I'm, I have to have tensile strength. And mm. I have to strengthen everything in my body. I okay. have to open everything up. But if we don't have a Viper, all you gotta do is stick one arm back when you do it. And yeah. you're suddenly going to feel that tension. So we can use our body weight in different ways. I think that's the big thing. We need to consider what do I need? How am I going to get it? What part of my body can allow me to do that? It's kind of overwhelming. But if we work backwards and think what is the end goal, what is the movement I need, then we can do that.
0: Cool, yeah yeah, very cool. so you do you do like online programming programming as well. So when you have a like a client just starting out and this is kind of like new to the whole the whole like deal of like what you do the style of your training, so do you do like videos of like how they're moving or like what what's a typical intro for your personal uh-huh. training session?
1: Yeah, yeah. So for a personal training session, it's it's really crazy. It's so cool. About five years ago, I moved into the online space. I, I left the gym I was working at, and I just started working online with all these different folks. And the number one thing that I need, and that everyone needs, is to assess. Yep. To assess where they are, so they know if what they're doing is actually working. And then we can assess, and then we can uh, address any of the issues that kind of pop up. That's like that's that's my thinking behind it. So I do some, some – there are some standard basic movements that I like to see everyone do and it kind of at this point in time allows me to know, OK, this is the work they need to be able to do. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, a squat, a push, uh, and a basic uh, downward dog. Like if I could see someone do those three movements, I have a good idea of the areas of their body that need attention. Yep. And then if they have a particular goal of something they want to be able to do, seeing that movement too. If I can just, I'm I'm fortunate at this point in time that I can reverse engineer pretty much any movement you send my way. Mm -hmm. I I know exactly what someone's going to need. And that's the beauty behind uh, coaching, like online. All of my coaching, if you're working with me, we're doing nutrition work. We're doing training. And we're also doing mindset coaching. So those are all the things that I love to work with. And each one of those modalities, we could do via Zoom. And for training, everything is delivered via this online platform I use called True Coach. So I have, I've
0: heard of have, them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I have an exercise library of probably close to like 400 videos at this point. And hey. Each one is me explaining every single movement. And you get to see my smiling face and hear my smooth voice, voiceover <laughs> while while you while you work through it. So it's it's kind of nice in that regard because yeah. I'm always tweaking, I'm always adjusting, and at no point is someone meant to feel like they can't do something. Mm-hmm. And at no point is someone meant to feel like they're at the wrong point of their journey because every point along the way is the right point. Yeah, which is really, which is really what I. One of my core beliefs, one of my core values, is that no one is wrong. It's just people need to figure out what works a little easier for them, or what makes life a little easier for them when yeah. they're training.
0: Yeah. So, you started an online online programming for like five years ago. So, what kind of made you step into that? And are you like fully online and no like one on ones, or what is it like now?
1: Yeah, so I'm full uh, due to the pandemic. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I no longer I no longer see anyone in person. What I was doing a lot was again for that company GMB. I would travel and teach a lot for them. Mm-hmm. So I've done I've I've co taught seminars in Europe. I've I've been all over the world teaching, and um, slowly over time that shrunk back to me taking more like one on one clients, group clients. Um, what we'll do now is I'll do like you have an option. You could do like a sixty minute Zoom training session with me where we really get into the nitty-gritty and i'm picking each detail as we go along and it's a program or we can do where it's like three months of coaching Mm -hmm. so three months of coaching with a particular end goal in mind um whether that that be nutrition, whether that be training and nutrition, or whether that be training nutrition and mindset. Okay. So they're all a big, big part of it. And before this, what I would do is I would, uh, I would have people send me videos and then I would send videos back. And then we would do everything via email five years ago. That's really where it was. And and now we're at the point where it's like instantaneous. Mm -hmm. Like if, if you are working with me, I give you 100% of my time because to work with me, it, it it can be expensive, and that's because you're getting what you pay for. Yeah. You're investing in yourself, and the only way we can make progress is if we actually take the time to invest in what we need. Yeah. And I think far too often we undersell our actual value.
0: I totally agree with that. Totally agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's like – it's, it's just like you, you have so much value and so much potential, so why not tap into it? Yeah. Right now, whatever you need to happen, you're listening to this podcast right now, whoever you are, and you are tapping into your further potential because you are going to take a next step. You are either going to click and look at type 1 lifting stuff, and you are going to invest in that, and you are going to help better someone's life who is a child who has diabetes. You are going to maybe go check out CrossFit. You're going to go check out uh, your first CrossFit Workout because your, your interest is peaked or maybe you're going to check out some of my stuff and be like, hey, it kind of does bother me when I like do a kneeling lunge. Mm-hmm. What can I do to fix that? Oh, here's a ton of tutorials that are free because I want someone to be able to move yeah. and not have pain. I think, I think whatever choice you're making right now is the right choice. You're in it you're in it right now and it's happening and that's so cool
0: yeah so speaking of hip pain i know you have a guide you just talked about you have a guide on uh instagram about like how to help fix hip pain so how did how did all that happen and what was like you know how did it all start for you from that
1: Yeah. yeah yeah so i think in working with i at this point i probably worked with hundreds of people maybe maybe in my time in the online space even more because i was working on uh, doing a lot of work on forums with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but hit pain is something that always comes up. And especially now, so much of us, look, we have our kids at home with us and they're doing remote learning. So now we're running around with them and then we're sitting down for like five zoom meetings back to back for our job. Mm-hmm. Maybe we are, uh, uh, A vital worker and we are still out there doing everything and then we come home and then we sit on the couch and then we lay down and we lay on our side and we sleep funny and then we wake up and we're walking with a little bit of a limp that's where it comes from i've just watched so many people deal with that and the movements it's it's a completely free routine so all you have to do is click the link in my bio and you get this whole free routine um That's basically like my favorite movements that are tried and true. They, they work and how to slip them into your workout is basically like you do them in the beginning. You see how you feel Mm -hmm. and then intuitively you say, all right, so he's having me do this thing called the A-frame, which is one of my favorite movements. Again, it's like a GMB movement from the beginning. It's a foundational movement. Um, When I'm doing this, like my calves are on fire. I can't lower my heels huh yeah i guess squatting front squatting today is not going to feel great maybe i can spend some more time on this and then do an alternative maybe i could do some goblet squats instead maybe i could do maybe i could do some rear foot elevates elevated body weight squats instead Mm -hmm. and really work on that work on allowing that knee to travel past my toes when i squat you know so it's it's a lot of it is that a lot of it's intuitive and taking what works for you and forgetting what doesn't work for you That's the other thing. There's so much information coming at you. And with this program, you click it, you download it, you can view it on your phone on this awesome uh, platform that you can have on iPhones. They can have their own app for it, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, Android, I'm sorry. Google makes things a little more complicated. You have to go into your web browser, and you can still view it um, and still look through everything right on your phone. But what you can do is you just pull it out. You see what feels good. I recommend trying every exercise at least once or twice, seeing what feels good, and whatever feels good, try to do it daily. Mm-hmm. None of these movements take very long. 30 seconds is more than enough, mm-hmm. and, and that is what I encourage. A little bit, a lot, is better than a lot, a little bit. So yeah. it's, it's, you know we can set these big goals to, to stretch for like 45 minutes every other day. But the reality of it is, it's probably not going to happen in the beginning.
0: No. No. But we
1: can, you, you know, you can take a break from the Zoom meeting or after this podcast listen, and you can just do like a simple hip flexor stretch for like 10 seconds on each side. And then you could do it again, like later. You could do 10 seconds on each side, mm-hmm. you know, and then it, it adds up. You do that every day, and it really adds up. And look how far you've gone in 365 days.
0: Yeah, totally. I I try to. So my thing is like I don't stretch as much as I should, and I kind of I've kind of been noticing it because granted I'm working from home as well as like other people as well, and you know we're not really getting up to go to the bathroom because it, it's like literally you're walking like two feet just to get to the bathroom. So it's not like you're going to the office have to walk all the way down the hallway, walk there and stuff like that, and you actually like you know give you time some give you time some. Give you some breaks to actually go out and walk instead of you're sitting down for, you know, six to seven hours, even more than that because you're probably sitting on the couch watching TV. So and obviously that's like super bad for you. Like your body's only supposed to be sitting down for I think they did a study. It was like four hours max. And it's insane. Like I I mean, I'm even getting hip pain, too, just from like sitting down because obviously my hip flexors shrinking it shrinking because I'm in this position for such a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's so many there's so many different options too. I think I think this would come back to more like a lifestyle choice, like what what is happening within us. I think I think the power of right now is that we for the most part have total control over our schedule. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird to say, but in the actuality of things, we get to pick what we devote our time to. And with work, yeah, some that's not optional. That's not optional. We we have we usually have to work. That's mm-hmm. how we make money. That's how we put food on the table. That's how we have a nice house over our head. Whatever it might be, but what we can do is we can choose the workload we take. We can choose the breaks we take. We, for me, I schedule. I schedule everything to a T. I am. That's just me. Yeah. So if you, I mean, if you open my Google Calendar, everything's color coded and I know where everything <laughs> is. But the cool thing is, is I program in everything I would like to do on top of everything that I have to do Mm -hmm. or I get to do. I get to do is better because it's it's always a choice. So I have, I have things scheduled in like I'm going to stretch from this time to this time. I am going to journal write from this time to this time. I'm going to read two pages in a book at this time. Like I'll do stuff like that and I'll put it in a specific color so for me it's usually like a light blue. Light blue is like my favorite color and it goes in there and it brings me joy. And then I have things that pop up that are opportunities. So like talking with you for the next, you know, 60 minutes that that's an opportunity that popped up. That took me away from being able to do that other thing, but it's okay because when I go back and reevaluate, this is time well spent. Mm-hmm. This is something that's super important. Yeah. Could have been something else that popped up. I'll do it, but then I'll recognize like okay, in the future I am not going to spend 45 minutes doing X. Yeah, Like that's a choice I now know. So that's – it's awesome. It wasn't time wasted. Yeah. It was able for me to know. Exactly. And, and that's like a mindset shift. It's yeah. hard but it works mm-hmm. and we can start small. So it might be as much as like for work. It's like do I sit here for 45 minutes before taking a break or do I do hardcore work for 25 minutes and then – use one of these cool apps that I can have on my computer that dings and lets me know, all right, time to stand up, time to go get water, time to use the restroom that's upstairs, mm-hmm. time yeah. to, every time I leave the room, I promised myself I would do five squats. I'm leaving the room, I'll do those five squats. Like it's 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 what we choose to do in that time. That's really powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so you also talked about mindset as well. So – how do you start your new clients with mindset and how do you, you know, continually keep them focused with the mindset mentality that, like, you, know, that you want them to have throughout your whole uh, – the whole program that you're training, training them for?
1: Yeah, that is, that's an awesome question. I think it, here's my number one piece for anyone who's interested about mindset or – that's just one term for it. You can call it whatever you want it, but the yeah. one piece is to start small, mm-hmm. to start really, really small peel it back. I think often, like I said before, it's better to do a little a lot than a lot a little. I think we have this idea in our mind that there has to be a perfect moment to start. There has to be a perfect chance for us to do it. Oh, well, I'm doing a 60 minute workout today. Oh, something came up. I'm not doing anything at all. I'm just going <laughs> to write. That's really what it is. There yeah. has to be. The lighting has to be perfect. There has to be a nice breeze in the air. I have to have, I have to have, Phil Collins playing in the background. It has to be like <laughs> all of these things in order to yeah. in order to exercise mm-hmm. or to move the body. I like yeah. to think of it as moving instead. But the actuality of it is perfection, and this is something that my therapist told me, <laughs> perfection is just another word for procrastination. Yep. So perfection is another term for procrastination. So what can we do? with those five minutes? What can we do with those little windows of time? How are you using your time? Do you evaluate what's happening? Are you able to acknowledge what emotion you have when you are doing something? So when I decide that I wanna just skip the 60 minutes altogether or better yet, when I say I have no time to do anything, is it that I have no time or is it that I'm choosing to allocate my time for other things? And that it there's always a choice. There's always freedom in our schedule. It's just sometimes we have to look a little bit harder for it. Yeah. And that's like the number one place we start. We start with what is the smallest thing we can do? Mm-hmm. All right. So you're a parent, like I work a lot with parents who are who are in pain, who are super busy, who are trying to lose some weight, who are just trying to find a little consistency. And the secret is I'm not looking for you to get nine hours of sleep every night. I'm not looking for you to take like to take like a five mile walk every day. And I'm not looking at you to exercise for 90 minutes every day. Mm -hmm. What I am looking at you to do is sleep and sleep through the night. What I am looking at you to do is to move your body when it feels good. Like take that little five minute break and move and walk the stairs. I have a client and she's a she's a elementary school teacher. She's a former dancer. And she has one son who's at home who's two and a daughter who is 10 months old. Wow. And yeah. her husband's working all day and she's teaching all day and they're all in their house together. And I train her and her husband. Uh, we do a lot of mindset work and nutrition work. And right now she's doing training work too. Mm-hmm. And the constant questions she'll have is like, this doesn't feel good today. Like, what can I do instead? And the, the conversation we always have is, Well, what feels good to do today? Yeah. What What is the thing that's going to fill that's going to fill your cup? What fills you up? And she'll always say, "I don't really know. Like, I could do some lunges. I could do some squats. I feel really overwhelmed, you know." And and we got into this conversation, and my question was, "Well, when's the last time you danced?" And she's like, "Ah, "I don't, I don't know."
0: Yeah.
1: I was like, "So what if what if on those days those movements don't feel right? What if you just set a timer for five minutes?" And like play some music and move, or what if you challenge yourself? Like, what if you see how many different ways you can get up and down off the floor in five minutes? Like, what are different options? And she's like, Oh, you know, I used to do that stuff all the time. I don't. It used to be really fun. I was like, Well, it used to be fun. Can it's be still fun. fun. Yeah. Like it's still fun. You know, and it's still it's still technically air quotes working out it's just you're 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 moving your body through a full range of motion like mm-hmm. for me that's really cool like do it i i think that's a win
0: yeah definitely definitely i actually out of uh this past um person on my podcast he was talking about the same thing just like five minutes and get up and dance or just get up and move it's like that's the main thing and a lot of people they just don't do that and obviously like they a lot of people put a lot of stuff in their plate as well and kind of put a lot of stuff in the back burner and they feel defeated if they don't finish it. So like like you said, I mean for me, I'll put little things down and I'll mark it off saying, Oh, I just did it. Alright, I just got up, out upstairs to got, get something to eat and just came back down, you know. I did, you know, an hour of phone calls or whatever like that. So, you know, just get up and cross those little things off and if you feel a heck of a lot better towards the end of the day.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And I, I love that. I love that. You brought that up. I'm, I'm a super big proponent of, I, I said it already, scheduling and yeah. everything, but something that I, I changed and it completely changed my life. I used to do the same thing. I would, on my schedule, I would have like, all right, I'd have like four five big things. And then I would put like, okay, call mom. Okay. Uh, <laughs> pay this bill. Yeah. Okay. Take out the trash. Well, those are things that totally, I'm 100% going to do them. Yeah. Usually because my wife tells me, you, you have to do that. And I'll be like, oh, you're right. I do have to do that. That's important. So I'll do those things. But if I can put one to two major things on my list and spend my time right at the beginning of whatever the workday is, I don't know if you're listening out there what your workday looks like, but for me, my days start, I, I choose to start my morning at 4 30 in the morning mm-hmm. I get up before everyone else is up so I can have that time for me yeah that's that's really important and it goes with working out too it's like you gotta set the time for yourself schedule it schedule it in write it down and if it doesn't go according to plan that's fine you still wrote it down and you still showed up mm-hmm. that's the number one thing but by like seven o'clock it's then go time for me that's when I'm gonna my son's getting up, I'm either going to feed him or get to work depending on what our schedules look like for the day. And then I I always tackle the hardest thing first. Mm -hmm. And that could be what I get done for the day, you know, and that's okay. For a long time, I looked at it where I would try to put things on my schedule. So I felt like I was doing more. So I got that that little pat on the back from yeah. the imaginary person that tells us we're a good person because we are being hyper productive. But here's the secret if your things are getting done on your list and you only have two things and they're getting done, well, that deserves a pat on the back because it means you're really good at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, celebrate the fact you are so efficient at your schedule, you're so efficient at maximizing your time, you're so efficient at showing up present in whatever you're doing that you're able to get things done. The second you say, well, I didn't get X, I didn't get this done, I didn't get this done, you're choosing to find that negativity in the positivity. The fact that you got things done. You woke up, you put your feet on the ground this morning. That is a huge step forward You could have easily stayed in bed all day, and there are people who do choose to make that decision. Mm -hmm. I've been there before. I've battled with depression and anxiety for a large majority of my life, and once I was able to acknowledge the fact that everything is a choice, there's so much freedom in that. It's so freaking scary to acknowledge that there is complete freedom in acknowledging that you always have a choice. Mm Mm-hmm. It's exactly. always the right choice too. Whatever yeah. you're making is the right choice mm-hmm. because those moments of darkness are what allow you to be here right now. Mm-hmm. They allow you to be here and show up every single day. I'm sure being in the Air Force and traveling around the world and seeing all these different things, like it had to have been hard.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I I was mainly in the medical field too. So I was oh. so I I was a medical technician in the Air Force, and I'd work. I worked in Boston. That's where I'm originally from and I'd worked in the ER, and I don't think I told anybody this on, on my podcast, but I was actually there during the Boston Marathon bombing in the ER while I was working, like, because we were, we were a level one trauma facility in the city, so, like, I saw the most craziest part of my French shit ever, like, you can't, like, I tell my wife, like, the stuff that I've seen, and now I moved to Georgia, and I worked at, I worked in a children's hospital and in the an emergency room there, and, like, I tell her all the stories that I've been through and seen, like in the ER, and she's like, "I don't know how you're sane right now, because the amount of stuff that I've dealt with, it's like, you know, I'm like, you kind of need a, a little bit of a loose screw to actually. I, I think you need a, something like a, like a, you need to be a little off to work in an emergency room, because of all like the crazy crap you see throughout the day and like the death and like trauma and all that stuff. Like, it's, it's insane. Like, but it's like, I don't, I don't know how I keep my – like keep my head level it's it's so interesting
1: yeah i think that i think that's super powerful and thank you for sharing that with me oh, i yeah. know i know our trauma is part of our story like mm-hmm. it's ours like no one else is going to rewrite that you're always the narrator in the story and however we choose to encapsulate that story within our mind defines the decisions we make yeah so for you right now you're strong that's your that's your story that's what you that's what you tell yourself every single time you walk into that and i think that that's what comes through in talking with you right now. Like that's true. You're strong. You stand, you know, what's important. You're Mm -hmm. in alignment with your values. Yeah, And that's something that, uh, people want all the time, but the way you got strong and the way you got to this point where you are in alignment is by being in those moments where you feel like you have a little bit of a screw loose. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for that moment. Yeah. Like, and that's, you know, someone said it to me the other day. This awesome guy, uh, Nick Nick Pags. He's a he's a he's a mindset coach that I've had the opportunity to work with. But his big thing was we were talking about self doubt, and we were talking about uh, hardships that we've had in our life, and the idea behind the fact that like you can look at any moment, and you could definitely find like it wasn't a we can't call it perfect because. We have some negative story attached with it, mm-hmm. but in actuality, we wouldn't be exactly where we are right now. With the knowledge we have right now, right, knowledge and awareness equals wisdom. Yeah, Like that the, – the knowledge and awareness equal wisdom. So if we don't have wisdom – we're choosing not to be aware of what we're surrounded by. We're choosing not to allow ourselves to be open to any sort of change. And we're choosing to be stuck or glued with an emotion that keeps us in the past. Mm-hmm. And if we live in the past, we're never going to see what's beautiful right in front of us. Yeah. And that's the hot. Yeah.
0: There's God damn fun. it. You're, you're spitting hot fire out now. Jesus. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um so, also with uh, congratulations on the little one, by the way. I, I don't know if I said that earlier. So, you have a seven month yeah. old. So, um, yeah. do you kind of incorporate any of his work, any like body weight workouts with him involved with it? Oh,
1: uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's at the point now he is aware. Of like what my wife and I are doing okay like he's like the other day he became aware of our dog like yeah. it's so cool because when we're born we're nothing but pure like consciousness that's yeah. all we are we don't have any subconscious going yeah. so it's so cool to watch this tiny human have recognition of what you're doing and he thinks it's so funny now he think he like laughs like I have a couple videos up of him just laughing at me like doing some i'm doing some like freestanding like handstand push-ups and he takes the funniest thing in the world mm-hmm. i'm grunting and trying to stay balanced <laughs> and if i fall out of it he's like cracking up because he's like what are you doing like yeah who defined this as something fun to do but yeah. it, it is so a lot of the stuff i'll do when i'm on my hands uh moving around on the floor um familiarizing myself with that stuff uh or addressing the ground he's usually around for that you know we have his little pack and play and his little seat in our in our basement which is very fortunate it's our it's our gym and it's also where my wife is doing her remote teaching Mm -hmm. uh, right now Um, so he loves it down there he just thinks it's so cool yeah and he loves being able to crawl around on the gym floor and see us do all these things and my dog is the one who really since she was a little puppy she's the one who Show if I'm if I'm crawling around, she immediately tries to follow me, tries to copy me. Like it's it's the same thing. Our yeah, that's really cool. We do, our pets see what we do, whatever it is, they they want to join in. So it's always really fun. Yeah. Um, I can remember when he was first born. We had some we we had a little bit of a hiccup in the beginning. My wife, when my son was born, was tested COVID positive when we went to the hospital for delivery, and we have no idea how that happened because we had been in quarantine for six weeks leading up to the birth Mm -hmm. so it was it was insane so those first two weeks i was on full-time daddy duty at all times because i was very fortunate as a type one diabetic living with someone with COVID, i tested negative and so that meant i was doing pretty much everything with tj yeah um so we had this I think it's called a boba. It's like a wrap basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So we had our son in that and I would wear that and I would also be slowly going insane because I would be on like two hours of sleep (laughs) and, but I would do things and he would calm down. Like I would do some squats or I would do some lunges or I would, I would, I would put, put a foot up and do a weird stretch and he would just like, he would coo. I know he didn't know what was happening, but it would like calm him down so much. So those are some of like my fondest memories in the thick of it was like just having him be on me and exist on me and feel the warmth of him while i moved it was just so cool and uh it really reminded me of why i do all this stuff
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Why?
1: do do you have any kids yeah
0: i have a a five-year-old and a two-year-old so i so with with when bennett was born he's the oldest one he's the five-year-old when he was born we moved down from Massachusetts down to Georgia, and I didn't have a job yet. I w- I w- didn't even know I was a type one diabetic at the time yet. And then uh, I was like thinking of, okay, I'm a personal trainer. I know what I'm doing, and I don't have a job. So what do I do? And I was thinking of building a program for you know stay at home moms or stay at home dads that have like young kids that they can do workouts with the kids. So like. I would have him do like, you know, thrusters with the little one squat, you know, hold them and just like put them overhead, you know, stuff like that. Or, yeah. you know, do um, mountain climbers with your little little kid like right in front of you. Like, granted, hopefully you're not sweating and sweating all over them. Or like, you know, <laughs> or like doing push ups and like blowing kisses in his belt, in their belly and stuff like that. But that death fell through. It just, I didn't think it was a feasible, feasible, you know, product to even push out just yet. So, and, uh, yeah, so I just tried that and I mean my son now he's he's down in the gym with me. He does a thing called next station where we'll do a minute of work and then we'll do have 10 minutes to 10 seconds in between breaks to figure out where he can go next. Like he'll go on the rower. Um I just got him well, I have a lacrosse stick because I used to play lacrosse, and he uses that as like a. He would do we do Olympic lifts, and he's just starting to work on like back squatting now with the with the lacrosse stick. So he's just like, constantly wants to do what Daddy does because he sees, sees me what I what I do down here, and he, he wants to emulate the same thing what I do, which is pretty cool. So and like I, and I don't push him and force him to do any of this stuff. Like if he wants to go upstairs. And go watch TV. He can he can go upstairs. You know, I'm not saying hey, you need to stay down here and work out with me. It's it's that that's I don't want to push him away to like you know learning fitness pretty much like that. So
1: yeah, I think that is that's so cool. That's so cool. That really gets me excited because I I you know it's it's my little boy. I yeah. want to grow up and have fun with it. I think for me. For me, I didn't really grow up in a house where where physical fitness was at the forefront Mm. of it. So like for me, I would I remember going to gym class and be like, all right, this is horrible. (laughs) I I, what am I doing? Yeah. Also, like in elementary school, it's like you wear the same clothes when you go like you're wearing jeans and you're running around and you're like, this is horrible. Like Mm -hmm. I am. I am chafing and yeah. I am like seven. Yeah. Why am I doing this?
0: Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Bro,
1: so it's it's just really cool to see so many people sharing that experience with their kids now. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, because I'm sure my par- my parents did things. Like my parents had like – they had a cumbersome bike in their room. So they, they, they went on there. I remember like seeing them do it. But they wouldn't tell me, hey, I'm going to work out now. They would just – or hey, I'm doing this because this. They would just be like – I'm gonna do this and watch TV. Yeah. Like it. So I never understood what was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was so that's so cool. So. Yeah. The,
0: the main thing is I I just don't want him to be sitting down playing video games all day. And so that's this is a good way of doing it. And so yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun. So when he when he gets older, I mean, obviously I know you're gonna teach him the right mechanics and stuff like that. So obviously that's what I'm trying to do with my son. So it's he's not there yet because he's not. What are they like? He he's been going to like take tests and stuff like that for his like physic, like you know physical ability. He's, his balance is getting a little bit better, but it's like been, it's a slow process, which is which is fine, you know, because you know he doesn't really know his body that well. So I obviously I think just using lacrosse stick or using like little dumbbell, three pound dumbbells or a three pound kettlebell. I mean I think that's perfectly fine for him to use. So
1: yeah. I still don't know my body that well, yeah. So I mean, if that's, if that's <laughs> any sign, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's just a learning process always. Yeah, there's always something new that happens, and it's, you know, I don't. What was what was it like for you when you found out you were diabetic? Since for me, it's I've been diabetic longer at this point than mm-hmm. I was alive before having diabetes. So what's it like being, you know, 35, 36, being diagnosed and then. And then having everything kind of feel like it's changing. Like, what is that like?
0: I, I think I was in shock the first, when I got, first got diagnosed, because I got it in my pre employment screening to the hospital I worked at. And I didn't, I, that's the only way I knew. So uh, I was like probably shocked. My wife was more shocked than I was. And, you know, I, we just, I went through the motions. I'm like, well, I have it, so let's just do it. Because I've i had a screw it, let's do it mentality. Obviously, with this podcast, I had the screw it, just do it, because I was supposed to do it with two other people, and it didn't really work out. So I was like, forget it, I'll just do it myself. And then the t-shirt company, uh, Type One Lifting, it was like, you know, I kind of want to get this perfect, but you know, screw it, just do it. And so that's, that's how, you know, just ro- roll with the punches, because obviously, you know, I had a I have a learning disability, so that was tough like when I was younger. So, you know, just try to roll with the punches and do the best I can. So that that was, that's the mentality that I've had for pretty much forever.
1: That's powerful. That's that's super powerful. So many people like try to get there. Yeah. So to innately have that from a young age, that's that must have shaped so many choices you've made over the years. Yeah. I just I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's times I'm like too relaxed and it's just like I need to t- I need to push further my wife is just like trying to kick me like be like hey let's go you know you, you need a you know write to this person to do that but i'm just like i don't know maybe i'm just laid back because i know like hey everything will work out fine so
1: i don't think there's anything you know what i don't think there's anything wrong with that i do think it's good that your spouse will push you to keep <laughs> going and doing things yeah my, my wife does the same thing and i do the same thing for her i think but i do think having an attitude of of knowing that things are happening, like things are going to happen. It's just, you put out, you get back what you put out. It doesn't go the other way around. Exactly. You know, you're doing good stuff and it's, it's, it's clearly working. So I, I don't think there's reason to change.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. So, um, we're getting close to the end. Um, i have we have a couple questions, so the first one is, do you have any goals that you want to accomplish by the end of next year? I mean obviously i was I usually say by the end of this year, but we only have like a couple days left. so do you have anything big that you're trying to attempt to for next year uh
1: yeah, actually i am i I'm in the process right now of training for a Last year, last year I did this. Last year I trained for an ultra marathon. Okay. When I uh, for my thirtieth birthday, I trained for an ultra marathon. So I ran thirty one point two miles, and all the money went to Movember to raise money for depression and anxiety research and awareness. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. So for my thirty first birthday, uh, carrying into twenty twenty one, I am going to be doing a. Uh, ultra-long bike ride. I'm riding 156 miles from my home to Cape May, New Jersey, and all the funds I raise go to Juvenile Diabetes Research Fund. Very cool. So that is my that is my big thing. And yeah. it's, you know, I'm putting it out to the universe right now. If someone wants to sponsor that and give me a bike, that would be fantastic because I rode a duathlon in 2019 and I didn't have money for a bike then, so I rode my dad's bike that was 25 oh. years old and weighed 40 pounds. Oh. And... I finished the race in two hours, but the bike fell apart as soon as I finished the race. Wow. And we don't have the funds to buy a new bike right now. So I, I've been doing all of my training on our spin bike that we have at home. So I've been sitting on a stationary bike on the weekend, two days in a row. I have ultra long rides. So they're usually about two and a half hours. I'm just sitting there staring at a wall and just manifesting, (laughs) thinking about what it's going to be like when I can go on, go on a road bike again. So that's. (laughs) That's really – that's the big thing I want to be able to accomplish physically, physically and mentally in, mm-hmm. in 2021. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Very cool. So um, what's your what, – do you have like a favorite book that you like to read or like to tell people to read?
1: Oh, yeah. there's so many, so many books I absolutely love but possibly one of the best books I have ever read. There's two and it's by the same author. It's by Ryan Holiday. Uh, and he wrote the book. He he's done basically all the books he has written has been about stoicism. Yep. So the ancient Greek philosophy of being a stoic, but he breaks it down in a way using uh current and past, uh, historical figures and how it has applied to them. So number one book I always recommend is obstacles, is the way, mm-hmm. so obstacles, the way by Ryan holiday. And that basically talks about how, like what I was talking about, basically like any moment where you feel like you're in the thick of it, when you're in the, of my friends, the thick of the shit, like that is going to either allow you to pivot and to keep going, find success, or you can make the choice to wallow in self-pity and self-doubt and not really see the forest for the trees. Yeah. So that whole book is about that. And, you know, there's awesome people within that book that he references. And the other one, which was his next book that came out after that, which is Oh, so good. Ego is the enemy. Yep. I've heard heard that
0: one too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, ego is this thing. We all have it. We all have it and it dictates all the choices we make, which is very unfortunate. And Mm -hmm. being able to separate yourself from ego is a challenge in and of itself, but we can do it. Yep. Yeah. Do it every day in some form or another. And that's what the whole book is about. So I highly recommend those two books for anyone who is wanting to work a little bit on mindset and to be able to, uh, figure out what the next step they should be taking is.
0: Okay. Very cool. Alright, so we're getting close. So what the the here's the big one. So what would you tell a new diabet a new person that recently got diabetes what to expect for the rest of their life? Oh. So you got a minute, so
1: Okay. If I was to tell someone with diabetes what to expect for the rest of their life. To always be learning. To always be to always be open to learning and, and making a shift and and understanding that there are going to be moments where it is scary, but it's OK. Mm-hmm. It's OK. there's always someone in your corner, even if you feel like there's not, your doctor's in your corner, your partner's in your corner, you're in your corner, you're your own cheerleading section. So you really have to be aware of that. And to not to not snub your nose at any options that fly your way. For me, you know, for me, I went from being like a huge meat-eater all the time and now i'm completely vegan and for me it's completely changed my diabetes i went from an a1c of 6.7 down to 5.7 so for me it completely changed yeah and i don't push it on anyone else i can just speak to how it's worked for me everyone's different Mm -hmm. and i love a steak just as much as the next person (laughs) it's just my body didn't respond to it as well as it might for you or for someone else um so, highly recommend just don't snub your nose at other things. Just research it, see if it works for you, try it, and like I said, anything that doesn't work for you, just brush it aside. Take the things that work and and fine tune it, prune it a little bit until it feels like it it just runs like clear water.
0: Awesome. All right. And then where can people reach out to you if they have any questions they want to ask you, especially oh, like fit like fitness wise or whatever?
1: Yeah. I welcome all questions. I'm, I'm not an elitist <laughs> when it comes to questions. Um, you can find me on social media at McMahon. So that's my handle for Facebook, for Instagram. If you want to shoot me an email, you can do it via those two platforms too. It takes you that way. I also have a website. So anyone who wants to uh, – maybe they don't want to train with me right now. Maybe they want to check out a program. I have a couple of programs that people can do. Mm-hmm. I have one. Uh, complete Two completely free programs that you can check out. Five Secrets to Unlocking the Chin-Up. For anyone who's working on that, I know that in the CrossFit world, that's something that's really important, You know, pull-ups and chin-ups. And to be able to do them efficiently, the more efficiently you can do it with proper mechanics, the easier it is to do those kipping ones with proper mechanics. So yes. that's that's a thing. Completely free. You can check it out. Also, the Unlock Your Hips program. Completely free. You can check it out. Uh, for all of those things, you can either click the-
0: Unfortunately, the episode recording got cut out, so um, if you want to reach his website, you can go to www.chris-mcmahon.com, and also, I will put this in the show notes as well.